I thought the scariest part of The Shining was the font. It's Flicks and That with Steve Newell. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, 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 hey. hey. We're, we're in blockbuster territory this week, which is always an exciting path to tread here on Flicks and That. I feel like we don't go there too often. But we got a big one. We got a big Christmas bonanza mm. in cinemas as of today. Yeah, there's some screenings tonight, but uh, getting away, uh, getting underway in earnest tomorrow is Avatar: The Way of Water. The uh, James Cameron, the James Cameron's return to his sci-fi universe. Um, and holy shit, is this thing dominating cinema screens this week? I just did a just went onto the old flicks.co.nz oh, and yeah. had a look at uh, how many sessions there are in Auckland tomorrow. Mm. Um, and I think I lost count a little bit because I got up to the 340 mark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> individual screenings alone. Yeah, individual screenings. So in this is, um, everything's moved in the schedule. I, pretty much nothing released last week. Um, it's been a case of uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is sort of on its uh, kind of, Probably stick around through Christmas a little bit, but it's sort of had its few weeks atop the box office chart, but everything else is just staying clear well of clear. this week. Um, and I think that uh, this is probably going to be the pattern for the next couple of weeks. Okay, what's the deal here? Is Ava- does Avatar, the first one, stack up as an all-time classic blockbuster? What is the incentive? What's the carrot? Why are people uh, queuing up to see the second one? Yeah, so if you cast your mind back to 2009... Mm. Let's just all go back there. I was in high school back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was was old then already. I think I was Uh, probably still in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And uh, this thing came out, and I remember going to, uh, they put on a free preview screening at Event Cinemas St. Luke's to show like the first 15 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was basically to show off the filmmaking technology. So this was Avatar was the film that brought 3D back. It seems like that's kind of disappeared from the landscape pretty much since then, but at the time it was like holy shit this 3D's really good. And and it was, you know, I mm. think for for its era. Um and and James Cameron had, you know, without a doubt crafted of like lovingly crafted a movie, right. but, but uh-huh. you know, it seemed a bit hokey at the time. Let's face it. <laughs> okay. And uh, then it just didn't really stick around. It's it's the highest grossing movie of all time, the mm. first Avatar film. But it, but uh, as many people have observed before me, I'm I'm hardly the, the 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 first in line to say this. Hasn't left. Doesn't feel like it's left a mark in pop culture. Nah. Yeah. You know, like it's not referenced. There's not really jokes about Avatar. There's not really memes about avatar it's just kind of i feel like it was not just there a real pastiche of like kind of every single blockbuster that ever came before it just stole from everything nothing terribly original you know kind of universal themes nothing too oh, you crazy don't, what you don't like the environment john oh, i'm into it burn but, it down and stuff yeah. <laughs> wow harsh heard it here first <laughs> uh these are the these are the same things that the sequel picks up um the kind, not to give too much of the film away, um, although it is three hours long, so we probably couldn't tell you all the things that um, happen in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, picks up on the same kind of themes as the first film. Um, humans return to this, uh, return to this uh, environment of Pandora, 
um, which has been quite an idyllic kind of paradise in their absence. The character played by Sam Worthington, Jake Sully, uh, has raised a family of Navi uh, in, uh, over there and everything's just kind of peachy until people turn up again and they just start messing everything up. Uh, one of them is uh, his arch nemesis from the first film um, who returns in unusual fashion and uh, is basically just out to take this dude out. So that the film is, <laughs> is very much a case of a revenge movie um, and it uses that as, as the excuse to take the Sully family into a different environment. So Avatar, it's all flying through the air and flying beasts and, and jumping from between floating rocks and stuff like that yeah. and quite jungly. Uh, this is largely set in a coastal environment, so it lets James Cameron kind of do that thing where it's a sequel, but it's kind of doing the same thing again because he's letting you ooh and ah through this filmmaking technology, which has vastly improved <laughs> since 2009, yeah. at a whole bunch of other kind of beasties and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what we've got going on here is we've got... Uh, I saw it on IMAX last night. Obviously, like that's just the primo way to see this or any other uh, OTT kind of special effects film. 3D glasses? IMAX 3D. Oh, right. And the film uh, utilizes high frame rate uh, a lot through it. So that's the same technology that Peter Jackson yeah. infamously kind of stuffed the Hob- Hobbit movies up with. Um, that was very risky back then. Is it still risking now? Well, Cameron's, it is. And it it's a mix of working and not working and that kind of is i think something that for me sort of stretches across the whole film like right. parts of it are, uh, are, are jaw dropping um and other parts are kind of head scratching the high frame rate stuff some of the action looks awesome i think there's still an element of like it just still kind of doesn't quite make sense in the brain and that's that's something that the hobbit movies definitely mm. hobbit definitely suffered from that right that it just didn't look real because we've learned a certain kind of cinema language. Also, it looked like shit. So, yeah, well, I mean, like, kind of two things you say it looked like shit, and I can only remember the GoPros used in that fucking barrel sequence <laughs> in the river. I could tell, I could tell it was GoPros. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then, but then here, it's it's really utilized to uh, to sell movement, um, to sell like the kinetic parts of the film, and he's he's applied this what feels like a very kind of New Zealand hack, even though I'm not sure if Weta can take the credit for this, but mm. when he was talking about, when Cameron was talking about doing some of the film in 48 frames per second and some of it in 24, there was like, oh, how cinema's going to do that? We need to invent new technology. And he's like, no, no, you just play some of the frames twice. <laughs> <laughs> so Duplicating the frames it's, twice. It's really, it's a, it feels like a really number eight wire solution. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I quite like it. Um, the coolest things about this movie are. Uh, the conflict between the Navi people and the humans with their machinery and contraptions, that's the stuff that feels most like James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the kind of ooh and ah um, over the, the, the native um, flora and fauna of, of Pandora, not so much for me. Um, I mean, it looks cool, but some of, it, yeah, some of it just doesn't look so cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of at sixes and sevens. This is a bit what the reviews are like. Uh, lots of two-star reviews, lots of four- and five-star reviews. Far out. I, I'm not sure that... Well, I know that, for me, it did not live up to what James Cameron said about this film. He promised that uh, we would shit ourselves with our mouths open. <laughs> uh, I didn't shit myself. Yeah. 
I, I, had a, open? I had a Coca-Cola and some M&M's. So oh, okay. I, my mouth was open at times during the film. Periodically. Does Kevin Costner appear on a jet ski at any moment? <laughs> <laughs> Neither Kevin Costner on a jet ski nor uh, on horseback. Okay. So it's not channeling Dances <laughs> with Wolves or Waterworld, but it okay. might as well be. Um, it doesn't feel like this really progresses the Avatar broader storyline along too much. Like it, it's kind of... It's a, maybe it's a little bit like Star Wars Force Awakens. It's sort of bringing everyone back on the same page. Mm. The sequels are going to continue to roll out. Mm-hmm. Um, every two years is the plan for them. And Cameron's kind of happy to keep doing them. So they will bring this thing to a place it could stop after the third Avatar film in a couple of years' time. Um, but if they are financially successful, they'll do four and five and then maybe six and seven. Oh, so Far out. I think he's... He, he came in and he pioneered some stuff that sort of hadn't quite caught them. Like back in 2009, there'd been two Marvel movies. There'd been Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk. Yes. Mm. And since then, you know, he's been uh, chipping away at this and working on it in earnest for the last, you know, six or seven years uh, and just watching the cinema landscape kind of crumble into franchise CG lazy trash yeah one of the things you definitely can't accuse this film of is of kind of coasting or feeling incomplete in the same way that many marvel films do now like Hmm. they've got this production line they've got their dates hit and they're going to do uh the best they can with the effects this is not a best they can film this is you know presenting things exactly as they want them to be presented on screen um sometimes it feels a little bit like it might be uh a bit of an arm wrestle between Weta's sort of fetishization of tech and detail and James Cameron being a great storyteller. I think when those things line up well in the film, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when there's when that balance isn't quite right, it definitely detracts. And, and yeah, there's definitely going to be times when you sort of feel like you're, you're watching a screensaver mm-hmm. or maybe you're at JB Hi-Fi looking at the wall of TVs. So is it, is it fair to say that this new Avatar film is just a tech demo? Well, I'm yeah, I'm kind of alluding to that, but it's, it it is more than that. And gen, genuinely, for the kind of last thirty or forty five minutes of the film, I found it genuinely thrilling, and and many of the technological innovations worked super well for me. What's nuts about it is that, um, apart from when it's kind of over dazzling you, it's probably in its more subtle parts where you kind of forget that you're not watching actors at all; like you're just watching completely scanned performances built back up on a computer. Yeah. There's, there are some human actors, but they don't have a huge amount of screen time, except for one really annoying dreadlocked kid who just <laughs> want to go like, it's wrong haircut, man. Um, the, so I've got some quick facts for you about this film from an unofficial source. Oh, yeah. How many people did shit their pants? Are we about to find out? Uh, no, we don't have that, but I do have this. Hundreds of unique animals were motion captured in the wild for absolutely no reason as no animals from Earth are in the film. A water simulation on Cup of Coffee held by Sigourney Weaver caused month-long blackouts in Wellington region due to computation power required for this single shot of coffee. That sounds like a fact, yep. And then finally, over 132 gigabyte USB drives were used to store hundreds of megabytes of data that was used to create this film crazy you've got that crazy the water stuff's mad like it just it is it looks incredible 
Um, he put actors through a learn to learn to hold your breath for seven minutes boot camp <gasps> to do the film. Wow! Um, no, no, really? No, they're not. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not swimming around and doing stuff for the amount of time. And, and Cameron was really clear about that. But this was about giving them the ability to be in those water tanks and be performing for like two or three minutes at a time. Mm, that is grueling. Quite crazy. Um, but it, it, these are all things that I think like lend a little bit, little bit of something to the to the film. Um, yeah, look, I, I still haven't decided. It's like it's good and it's bad. It's all these extremes in this, in very much the same way that the first film is. And I think this this series will continue to do the same thing. But look, Cameron's back. He's he's seen what the environment it is. He's kind of coming back to do what the rest of Hollywood's been doing for the last ten years. Mm. Hopefully, making it a bit more interesting, a bit more care. Um, I'm still hung up on stuff. I don't understand the underpants of the Navi people. Like someone's <laughs> someone's thought way too much about their underpants, uh, and uh, and God bless them for doing so. We, we, we wouldn't want um, we wouldn't want to leave uh, anything open to guesswork. Yeah, no. People are already out there doing that right now. Okay, so I can see why this is gonna you know put some people through the cinemas to go and see it. You ask, you're saying go see it. It sounds like it. I think so because this is uh, if it's look if if the experience of the last film is anything to go by, nothing will quite come along behind it to be quite like this. Yeah, and I mean, just as Avatar sort of faded from the public consciousness, so did all those things that he brought back. Like mm. you don't see movies in three D anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I'm not necessarily not necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but. James Cameron thought he was lighting the fuse of, of kind of a filmmaking revolution and it yes. didn't happen. Maybe this time it will. I don't know. It, it feels it feels like this is... Uh, it feels like games and movies are converging. A lot mm. of the look of the film and this feels is, a lot like this that. Might do it. Yeah. This is just, you know, this is just another signpost, I think, on the way to, to where a lot of entertainment's ending up. I thought about Dune quite a lot while watching mm. this and uh, none of the things I've just said describe Dune at all. That feels mm. like a very classically assembled sci-fi I like June is just so like the tone was so heavy throughout like Blade Runner 2049 just kind of that I don't know it wasn't a sense of doom but you know that kind of bleak you is know. this a good thing or did you want some no that's what I like you want some like, blue, oh, you want some blue so guys good. with tails and funny underpants no, I think that's yeah this is the other side of the coin <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's three hours plan accordingly uh, I I I can't find the right time to suggest the bathroom break, but I think just uh, take any preparations you need. Um, yeah, go and soak okay. it in. I, I, I was yeah, kind of gazing into a very buzzy world for quite mm. a long time last night, and mm. some of it I raised an eyebrow, and other parts I was into it. Yeah. So, if that works for you, the way of water. Thank you, Steve. Oh, there's one other thing. Yes. And I'm not sure how this will resonate with international audiences, but when uh, when a young human who's been living with the indigenous people is trying to explain the subtleties of their language to someone and saying, no, no, it's nah, not nah, I felt that uh, James Cameron's been spending a bit of time in New Zealand. <laughs> Just loving it, eh? Just... All right, Steve. We'll see you next week. Bye. Real auteurs use star wipes. That was Flicks and That on 95BFM.